0: Welcome back again to the Vancouver Pippo YouTube channel. I'm Bryce and this is Women's Soccer World episode 32, where we dig all into the world of Oso and all the glorious things going on within it. So we got another exciting show for you guys today. We're going to touch on quite a few things, actually, just three big things that encompass a large area of what's going on in the world of Oso, including the United States Women's his national team, Great Britain uh, international team i guess you could say and a little bit of the end of i want to touch on that because we're three weeks into the league play so far this season so like kind of let's just jump right into it the united states june camp roster was released i believe on monday and as well as additional fixtures were announced too so listen to this on july 1st and july 5th the u.s is going to take on mexico on july 1st it's going to be at 7 p.m eastern on fs1 and on July 5th, that's going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. So that's where you guys can catch those games. It's going to be kind of their, their send-off series before they hop on over to Japan and take part in Olympic play. So really exciting stuff going on, and I can't wait to watch those games myself. Uh, so like I said, the roster was released. Who's all on it? In goal, we've got Jane Campbell, Adriana French, and Alyssa Nair. For our list of defenders, we've got Alana Cook, Tierna Davidson, Crystal Dunn, Kelly O'Hara, Midge Purse, Becky Sarbrun, and Emily Sonnet. For our midfielders, we've got Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle, Katerina Macario, Christy Mewis, Sam Mewis, and Andy Sullivan. And then in our forward line, we've got Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, Megan Rapino, Sophia Smith, and Lynn Williams. And then lastly, as our training player, we have Tobin Heath listed as well. Uh, overall thoughts... On the roster in general, one thing I want to make clear with this roster, this isn't the Olympic roster. This is just the June camp roster, as I understand it. So the roster is overall consistent with what Coach Blatko had to say about Tobin. He said last week sometime that Tobin is recovering well and getting more into, they want to get her more into a team environment. And I think by including her as a training player, that is consistent. And that's also a positive trajectory. So hopefully we'll get to see her in the Olympics uh, she obviously won't play any games in the summer series for the month of June, so just keep that in mind. She'll be around the team, but she just won't be playing games. Uh, not really a whole ton of surprises for me on this list overall. In fact, I barely have really anything to say about this list. I fully expected most of the players on here to be in here, uh, especially given Julia Ertz's injuries While well. I didn't expect to see her in this list because she's recovering from her MCL sprain, so hopefully we'll see her in the Olympics going forward. I think we will, but time will tell a couple of other small footnotes i'm really actually pumped to see adriana Franch in this roster it has been a very long time since we've really seen her make an appearance for the u.s and seeing her perform well so far in the nw cell at least i think she's performed pretty well in the nw cell so far and seeing her get a call-up to camp i don't think it really means a ton overall but it's just really good to see a player who's had a history with the U.S. women's national team make more call-ups with the USM's national team. So I'm really pumped for her. That's a really good personal achievement, and I hope that uh, she succeeds kind of going forward. Also really hyped to see Sophia Smith in this uh, in this roster. I don't think it really means a ton for the Olympics because I don't think Sophia Smith is going to be in the Olympic roster. I would be shocked if she was picked, put it that way, but she's the future nonetheless, and the more call-ups and camps that she can get into, the better because it's going to grow and develop her as a player. Plus, I think she's also had a pretty strong start to the NWSL season. I think she's second in shots on goal, so it shows her aggression in play and her getting a lot of great chances. So she, hopefully she can bring that creativity to the U.S. in the future. I am looking forward to watching her this summer and then uh, NWSL while the Olympics is going on because I think she's going to have a monster season. Uh, so something to keep in mind and stay tuned for on that front. And one thing I want to talk about real quick, I got a question in the middle of the week. I've addressed it in a previous video, shout out to Savageka on TikTok for this question, but it was surrounding Casey Kruger or Casey Short, as some of you might know her as, and why she didn't get a call up this particular camp, and for me, it begged actually a larger question, this is where my mind went to, and it begged a larger question as to why Casey Krueger hasn't really gotten a ton of call-ups throughout her career, or a lot of appearances I should say, I think she's made only 33 appearances for the US throughout the course of her career, and I, I'm i going to say this about Casey Krueger. So I don't think Casey Krueger is really a world-class fullback. I think Casey Krueger is a great fullback. I just don't think she's quite in that tier of being among the world's best. But I think she could have a lot of success with the USM's national team overall. And I think she's been better than some of the players that they've selected in the past but at the end of the day for her if we wanted to include her in today the question would end up becoming who do you really leave out of the roster to make room for Casey to come in and for me and I think for a lot of fans my mind naturally goes to comparing her with Emily Sonnet because they are the two players who are in the most similar situations they've been in the league for a while they've made USM's national team appearances for a long time. The one thing I will say is that I think Casey Kruger is overall a smarter player than Emily Sonnet. I think she's proven that she's got a little bit more poise, a little bit more calm, cool, collectedness in the decision making. Overall, just a better decision maker. I think that's a good way I can chalk it up to. Uh, the, the next question kind of becomes well, do you take out a younger player in order to include Casey Kruger? And for me, you really you really shouldn't because the two that come to mind are Alana Cook and Tina Davidson, and they both need as many call-ups to camps and appearances as possible because they're the future. They are the young defenders in the squad who are going to eventually get playing time because I think they are the strongest youngsters that the U.S. has, at least for now, unless uh, players from younger classes end up coming through the ranks and just changing the world, but I wouldn't take out younger players for Casey Kruger because Casey Kruger is not the future of the USM's national team. In fact, I would say she's probably approaching the latter half of her career right now, or in fact, she's probably in the middle of it. So uh, just some food for thought on that question overall, I thought it was very, a very good question, one that was worth pondering. And I think that a lot of journalists and pundits have pondered or pondered over, over the course of the last, I would say, even half decade, even all the way going back to the 2015 World Cup. So... Really, really good question. I really appreciate it, Savage. So, um, if you guys have thoughts on that, feel free to drop them down in the comments below as usual, and we can talk about it more there. But how do you guys feel about the roster? Also, feel free to comment down below as well. Alrighty, so let's kind of move into the next big topic, which is going to be going to Great Britain's international squad is out. I call Great Britain the international squad in this case, because for those of you guys who don't know, and I made a short video addressing this earlier this week, is that for the Olympics, Great Britain's got a really unique situation because they get kit, they get to combine the countries of England, Scotland, and Wales. I made the mistake of saying Northern Ireland earlier this week. I apologize for that. That's not the case. It's just England, Scotland, and Wales. So, So normally where you'd see England, Scotland, and Wales be separate teams in the World Cup, they're actually under one banner for the Olympics, which makes for a really interesting roster because instead of choosing from one country, you're choosing from three, which can make kind of a super team if England, Scotland, and Wales are all really good at football, and they all are. So this is the roster that end up getting produced. And this, I want to be clear on this, this is the Great Britain Olympic roster. This isn't just the June roster, this is the Great Britain Olympic roster. And it includes goalkeepers Karen Bardsley and Ellie Roebuck. Defenders, Millie Bright, Lucy Bronze, Rachel Daly, Steph Houghton, Demi Stokes, and Leah Williamson. Midfielders, Sophie Ingle, Kim Little, Jill Scott, Kira Walsh, and Caroline Weir. In the forward line, Lauren Hemp, Georgia Stanway, Nikita Paris, Georgia Stanway, and Ellen White. I just realized I said Georgia Stanway twice. I apologize for that. But then we've got in our reserve, Sandy McIver, Lott Wubin Moy, Neem Charles, and Ella Toon. So... Really quick, before I give my overall thoughts on the roster, I want to preface it with this. I, myself, am not a Great Britain or England or Scotland or Wales women's national team fan. I am more of a WOSO fan and USM's national team fan first in general, so I just want to be clear on that. So My knowledge in the area of these three countries in terms of WOSO isn't as extensive as it is with the US, so I want to temper my arguments and my thoughts with that overall, so if you guys want to join on the conversation, I'm happy to learn more, but... Anyways, my overall thoughts on the squad. Obviously, it's a very talented, star-studded squad. Um, I'm super pumped to see Ella Toon even as a reserve player in the squad. I think Ella Toon is going to have a phenomenal career because she's still super young. I believe she's only 21, 20 maybe even, even as young as 19 if I'm not mistaken. But uh, she had a fantastic season with Man United. She led them both in goals and assists and was also second in appearances, only behind Millie Turner. Who had 27, which Millie Turner basically appeared in every single game all season long. She is the Iron Woman of the squad, and she's a great defender, too. But uh, Ella Toon's the future for England, and I think she's gonna have an illustrious career and a lot of awards to put on her mantle by everything said and done. And I think that by her being included in such a prestigious squad like Great Britain, where it's got you're competing against the squads of three different countries, I think other coaches and other great football minds feel the same way. So I'm really pumped to see what Ella Toon's gonna do in the future. Obviously, she won't really be playing much in the Olympics this summer, but this is a great stepping stone for her going forward. So, really exciting stuff. The other impression that I had from the roster is I think that there was there were some pieces of talent that were left off of the squad. I think where a lot of Great Britain's fans or England's fans' minds naturally go to is uh, Alex Greenwood and Jordan Nobbs. I couldn't I can't really speak to Alex Greenwood too much because I don't know a ton about her. Other than that, she is fairly talented, but I couldn't get into the intricacies as to why she might have been left off of the roster. However, I did find some numbers concerning Jordan Nobbs and exploring why she might have been left off of the roster. The natural, I think, comparison that uh, fans might go for is, okay, if you include Jordan Nobbs, which midfielder do you leave off? And I think a lot of people's minds went to Jill Scott, and I think rightfully so. The reason being is, I don't think Jill Scott, Jill Scott didn't have a bad season this year she was on loan at Everton for most of it but she didn't have a bad season but I don't think she really excelled this year and I think I don't I don't believe she really performed as well as Jordan Nobbs did and in order to kind of supplement that argument I'm just going to throw some numbers at you guys so stick with me here for just a second in the 2020-2021 season Jill Scott made 21 appearances across Manchester City and Everton and she scored three goals and one assist that translated to 0.22 goals per 90 minutes and 0.07 assists per 90 minutes now we compare that with jordan knobs jordan knobs made five fewer appearances so that's 16. however she produced two more goals that's five goals and three more assists that's four assists combining that all we get 0.43 goals per 90 minutes for jordan knobs and also 0.34 assists per 90 minutes for jordan knobs as well so her numbers would suggest, those are just bare-bones numbers, mind you, but just in terms of production, it would seem that Jordan Nobbs had a much more productive season with Arsenal did, and Arsenal finished very well than Jill Scott ended up having with Everton and Manchester City. So I, I think it leaves a lot of people scratching their heads as to why Jordan Nobbs has left off. Both players have, I'd say, really awesome experience with the England English side, so experience isn't really a question of it, at least in my mind. I know Jill Scott's been around for a little while longer but with those numbers on the surface i could see why a lot of fans of england would be very puzzled at the fact that jordan obbs was left off of the list and jill scott was included It doesn't really make a whole ton of sense on the surface i don't know if there is some nuance in there because like i said i am not an england fan personally but i don't know if there's some subtle nuance in there that i'm missing that would make sense for jill scott to be included and jordan obbs not to be included but I don't see it personally. So I think Jordan Ops kind of got snubbed in being left off of the roster for England, which is a huge bummer. And especially when you've got competitions like the Olympics and World Cups that only come around for so often, it makes the heartbreak even worse, especially even when you bring Alex Greenwood into that conversation too. So I feel gutted for those players. I'm really pumped for Jill Scott. Like I said, I want to be clear here. I don't think Jill Scott's a bad player at all. I just think that I find it surprising that Great Britain included her over other players that I think had more productive seasons. So regardless, I hope Jill Scott and Great Britain do well this competition, just not better than the U.S. because that's my main team, of course, but it's just some overall thoughts and impressions I had on the roster. Other than the fact, too, that the roster is mainly dominated by Manchester City and England players as well, I found that kind of interesting. Not really a whole ton of surprises. Out of the three teams, you just got to out of the three international sides, you just gotta pick the best talent, and I think most of that talent does line England, so there you have it. If you guys are curious where I got the stats for Jill Scott and Jordan Nobbs, I went to footystats.org for those stats. That's f o o t y s t a t s.org. I'll link that down in the description below, and I'll probably even include a little image somewhere on either side of me in the video uh, so you guys can get those stats and get all caught up with that, so What do you guys make of the Great Britain roster? Are you excited for Great Britain? Is there subtle nuance I'm missing in my argument with Jill Scott and Jordan Nobbs when it comes to the England squad or even the Great Britain squad? Or are there players that were snubbed that should have been on the roster? Whatever you guys think, jump down in the comments below and let me know whatever your thoughts are. Alright, so moving into the last item for episode 32 that we're on now. I think I accidentally said 31 earlier in the episode. I apologize for that, but I just wanted to squeeze in a little bit of NWL um footnotes just to catch you guys up within because we're three weeks through i believe of the nwcl season so far and there have been some surprising things that have gone on and also just some keeping you guys up on who's leading the league and some uh odd categories as well so so far highlights big main takeaways from the third week of the season alex morgan's actually leading the league right now with three goals with the pride the pride if you guys haven't kept up on it has been performing quite well i'll touch on that in just a second and then dabini is leading the league with two assists davini has got two assists, one goal, and Davinia to me, is still one of the top 10, top 15, top 20 players in the world. She's going to have a monster summer this year with the NWSL, as I think a lot of players are. So I'm, I'm the NWSL action this summer is going to be awesome. And lastly, the Orlando Pride are in first place right now, which has been, I think, a, come to a shock to a lot of people. The, the Orlando Pride have had a very precarious situation over the last few years. The, the reason why I say precarious is because on paper, The Orlando Pride are like a really, I think, a great team. I mean, they've got Sidney LaRue, Alex Morgan, Marta, um, Ashlyn Harris, Allie Krieger. They've just got so many veteran players with a lot of great experience. And when you add in players like Tony Presley into that mix and you bring them all together, it makes for a team that, that should perform great. Even just saying the five or six names that I just said, it sounds like a team that should perform great. And the Orlando Pride just haven't. Really been able to put that together, dating back all the way to 2017, if I'm not mistaken. They'd usually finish last, second to last, third to last. And now they're off to a really hot start, and I know it's really early in the season, but it makes me wonder, could this be the season that the Orlando Pride turned around? Which, for all my Pride fans out there listening and watching this right now, I hope they do, because for the last two seasons, the Pride haven't done all that well. The one thing that really sucks for the Pride this summer is Alex Morgan's going to be going over to the Olympics and also playing and send off games the summer series and will be gone probably most of the season. So I hope that the Pride are able to recover with the pieces that aren't going away to the Olympics and can perform well because the Pride could use some wins. So, um, and the one thing I want to mention too is the Pride in their great start, they've won two and they've drawn one and they've won the two games against really good competition that includes the Portland Thorns and the North Carolina Courage, both of which I could argue are going to be uh, two of the best teams, some of the best teams in the league this season. So it's not like they're beating bottom-table, poorly-performing per- teams. They're they're beating really good teams. So it's a long season. Only time's going to tell. But I'm, I'm pulling for the Orlando Pride and really all the teams to do uh, well because the better they play, the more entertaining it gets and the better that uh, experience we get for fans. So really exciting stuff overall. Um, One other thing that um, I also found interesting was that Racing Louisville actually has had a pretty decent start so far. I feel really bad I might have jinxed Racing Louisville. I was singing their praises a few days ago. I can't remember if it was on a live or if it was in a video I made, but um, I was singing their praises, and then that night they went and got stomped by North Carolina 5-0. So I was like, uh, maybe, maybe I should just keep my mouth shut. But it, it's it's like it, it's it's like the fan curse, right? Once you say something out loud, usually the opposite happens. But that's how it goes. So, ladies and gentlemen, what are your biggest surprises or highlights so far for the NWCL season? Or what do you think is going to happen when a lot of US Women's National Team players exit the league for a month or two this summer and go play overseas? I'm really fascinated to see what the league will turn out to be like with a lot of the US Women's National Team players gone. But only time will tell. Whatever you think, feel free to jump down in the comments below and let me know whatever your thoughts are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that's actually going to do it for this installment of Women's Soccer World Episode 32. If you like what you're hearing and seeing, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, or do whatever it is you do to support your YouTube channels and podcast platforms. Thanks so much for joining me for another Women's Soccer World episode. I've been Bryce. This has been the Bankroll Hippo YouTube channel. Until next time, have a great day.